Welcome to the Conscious Business Podcast. I'm your host, Phoebe Lay, and I'm so excited that you're here today. On our podcast, we are going to be talking about the things that inspire you in business to help you create a conscious brand that will not only build credibility and give you more opportunities in your business to thrive, but also help you to create in a deliberate, conscious kind of way. This is a place where meaningful conversations will inspire you to create, pursue, and thrive and shine in business. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to have this wonderful man on our show today, Edward Zia. Edward Zia is a master at sales and persuasion, and he has created a network on LinkedIn of over 160,000 plus on his business page with over 95,000 plus personal followers of his personal page. And as well as that, his beautiful wife, Lassie Zia, also has over 75,000 LinkedIn connections. Each day, Edward Zia is seen over 100,000 plus times on Google reviews. And there are hundreds of top people from all around the world in the network that Edward and Lassie Zia hold, which is growing rapidly. And I am really thrilled to have you on today, Ed. Uh, it's such a pleasure to be here, Phoebe, and with all your fans. And how do you, Phoebe? You're going from strength to strength as well. Oh, thank you, Ed. You know, I, I must say that in the last year with everything that's going on around the world and people becoming more and more aware of the importance of being online and pivoting, especially being on social media, that has really helped my business and my community to grow. It's incredible. And I got to say, I love your show and what crazy times we're having in Australia with all the lockdowns and everything. I know. I mean, speaking of which, just about a month ago, I was in Sydney attending your events and now you guys are in lockdown as well. You obviously have a community where you have in-person events. How have you been able to have everyone still connecting when they can't see each other face to face? Great question. It's something that Lassie and I've been working hard at. And the biggest thing that we found is that our business is now completely online. So albeit when I can, I'll run face-to-face events. And we do across the country, assuming there's no lockdowns or restrictions. However, if we can't run face-to-face events, because we've got such a huge following and we've got our meetup group all established, we just do a Zoom. So for example, at the time we do this interview, which is mid to late July, 2021, uh, what was interesting is last night in Central Coast, New South Wales, we couldn't run our face-to-face event due to restrictions. So we ran it as a Zoom. And you know what? Look, a Zoom is not as good as a face-to-face event, but in the absence of nothing else, Zooms are just wonderful. And that's how we've been able to do it. So for example, um, I've already run about four Zooms this week and it's only Wednesday. And that's simply how we're doing it. And it's been working great. That's fantastic, Ed. And I absolutely love your Zoom community as well, because not only is it fun and engaging, but everyone gets to share and there's just always so much activity going on. One of the best things about being online and especially being an influencer like yourself is that you can bring people together. And it brings me to my next question. If there was something that you could change about what's happening online at the moment, and social media, what would that be? Yeah, the biggest problem I have is, and, and this comment's not so much aimed at LinkedIn. LinkedIn's actually quite good. Uh, but the problem is our censorship these days and online violence. So I'll give you an example. I recently um, got vaccinated. I proudly took the Pfizer vaccine, right? 
And I put a video of that on, of me actually getting the jab on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. On LinkedIn, everyone was really happy. I just got wall-to-wall praise and all that. On Facebook, I received a bunch of death threats. No kidding, I received a bunch of death threats on Facebook. And I reported those death threats to Facebook and no action was taken. Whereas if I said something political on Facebook that they don't agree with, that would get taken down in a heartbeat. So it's the issue of censorship, which I've got a problem with, but also they don't care about online violence. Um, And I know women who've been threatened on Facebook and Facebook doesn't care. So if you say something they politically don't agree with, they'll take you down a heartbeat. But if you're like a woman and you're afraid for your life, Facebook couldn't care less. So it's been that inconsistent problem of censorship and not protecting uh, safety that I've got a big problem with. Again, that comment's more aimed at Twitter and Facebook, not at LinkedIn, if that makes sense. Yeah. One of the things that makes social media so destructive is the fact that people can go and send abuse and, you know, attack others without having to physically go and see them. So they can hide behind the computer and say whatever the heck they want. And one of the things I really admire about you, Ed, is that no matter how much attack that you get and no matter how much abuse or hate messages you receive, you still keep showing up as yourself and you're still just as authentic and real as you are in person. I believe that, you know, that's one of the reasons why you and I get along so well. It's because we're so comfortable with being online and I believe you have a lot of fun with what you do. And there's another question that I had for you and you know, this ties in really well with talking about people that, you know, send abuse and hate speech and things like that online. And that is growing up in Australia with a background that is a little bit unique, that is different to the normal everyday, I guess, kids that you go to school with. You have obviously an Islamic background. And I know that from speaking to you one-to-one, you have shared about how growing up, it was different for you. What was that like? Oh, great question. Um, Yeah, I come from an Islamic background. I converted to Christianity in my uh, mid-20s. But as I was growing up, actually quite fascinating in that people would make fun of me here and there. But the biggest problem I had with it is I was brought up with lots of hate. So I remember sitting in mosque and hearing a lot of prayers when I was younger. I was educated with a lot of hate, as a lot of young Muslims were at that time, especially. Basically, I don't want to say too much because it's being recorded, of course, but basically certain people are the devil, they're just terrible, and us Muslims are the pure ones. So I was brought up with a lot of that hate. And full credit to my parents, I never quite subscribed to that and neither did my parents. And over time, it was just that message of hate, which just really, really got to us and create and create a lot of problems. And I got a lot of great uh, Muslim friends today who are preaching the good message, but I was brought up with that real hate message of Islam. And it was terrible, you know. A lot of my good Muslim friends to this day condemn that. And I actually joined the army as a Muslim. So when I joined the army, I was one of Australia's first Muslims to join the army, which is fascinating, right? And they were really good about it, by the way. They were awesome. And the biggest lesson I learned from this whole experience was that I was actually growing up with a lot of hate. It wasn't so much that people were mean to me, but I had a lot of hate-filled ideas that were implanted into me as a child. For me, it was sort of seeing those hate-filled ideas and moving from a path of hate to love. And I did that by converting to Christianity, which was sort of the path of love and abundance for me. However, I do say this, you know, I've got a lot of great Muslim friends today who are following that path of love, and I absolutely applaud them on every level. Wow, that is something that I actually had no idea about in terms of how you were brought up or your background because 
Ed, when I look at you, I just see a man that is full of joy, love, and just happy spirits. Anyone that I speak to, whenever the name Edward Zia comes up, there's always laughter. There is always joy. There's nothing but good things that are said about you. For me, anyway, I mean, I can't speak for everyone else. And, you know, I'm sure there, as you mentioned, I'm sure there are people that are on the opposite side. And it is great to have that polarity because if everyone loved you and you thought the whole world loved you, then... Who are you really? Yeah, and those fence sitters and crowd pleasers never do that well in the long run. Without getting too political, but I remember one of our prime ministers who did really poorly, and I was never for, was a man by the name of Malcolm Turnbull, right? And he was the ultimate fence sitter, right? He would never take a position. Eventually, his prime ministership ended very badly. And the simple matter of fact is, if you just sit on the fence, no one actually likes you because... Let's say there's two sides, right? And I know there's not always two sides to an issue. It's usually more complex, but for the sake of the discussion, there's two sides, right? If you don't take a side on an issue, both sides just don't like you, right? And and the thing is, there's nothing wrong with fence sitting on the odd issue, but when you fence it over and over and over again, ultimately you're not going to build a fan base because no one deep down likes you. And talking more LinkedIn, I say all the time, people who come on a LinkedIn with a strong, authentic opinion, they've got some proof to back it up. They're the ones that do really well. It's the people that just say dumb stuff that's down the middle that don't get anywhere. That is so true, Ed. What kind of insights can you provide for young people or people that have been raised with views that they might be starting to move away from? When we get to our 20s, for me anyway, when we get to our late teens and our 20s, that's when we usually start to form opinions that are our own and we start to decide our own paths. So for those that are listening that might be starting to think outside of their usual tribe, what would you, what insight would you share with them? Please, and, and you, you actually answered my question then basically, you gave me the perfect setup. Please don't think within your tribe. So let's say you're in a given tribe, right? And you have a series of thoughts. And let's say you start thinking dangerously outside that box. If that tribe won't let you think outside that box, that is not a good tribe to be in. So I'll give you an example. Um, I'm a Knights Templar, right? Meaning, um, you know, you would say a modern day crusader. I do a lot of stuff behind the scenes for Christianity and all that. Anyway, what happened to me is even though I'm still a Knights Templar, I got partly excommunicated from them because of my support for marriage equality being gay marriage. For the sake of the audience, we had gay marriage reforms go through about, I think, about five years ago. And I was one of the advocates for gay marriage slash marriage equality. And because that was outside of the tribe I was in, they actually pretty much kicked me out, right? And it was crazy, absolutely crazy. They basically said, Ed, if you support this position, you're out. And I gave oh. a very Edward's ear answer to them, right? <laughs> Which was that, right? <laughs> and to me, if a tribe won't let you think with your own mind, they are not a good tribe for you. And you should consider moving on from that tribe right away. Truth. That is absolute truth. Thank you so much for sharing. On it. It's a crazy time. So be yourself. Don't let your tribe define you. If anyone pushes you around, you push back and do your own thing. That's the only thing I can suggest, especially in these crazy times. How can others be authentic and persuasive like you and get over or not worry about friends and family seeing them on social media or getting attacked, you know, in the extreme side of things? Great question. Thank you again, Phoebe. My big advice to anyone watching is be 100% who you are. Now, here's the reality, right? Can I be honest with you in the audience? Can I be a little bit controversial here? No one will disagree, but I'll be a little bit controversial here Absolutely. if I can. Absolutely. 
women get it worse than men. To me, I see this as all tall poppy syndrome. And for our friends around the world, tall poppy syndrome is a British Australian expression for once someone rises, their toxic friends will try and pull them down. It's like a form of jealousy, you would say, explaining to our fans around the world. And women get it worse, by the way. I can say this to especially non-white women. So women of colour, such as, you know, Lassie, Asian, obviously you're Asian, especially non-white women get this worse. And what it is is that when you start going for it and you start expressing your ideas, there are two types of people that you'll encounter. Nurturing people like you and me. Like if you, let's say you jump on, you say something I disagree with. I would actually, even though I might disagree with you, I would still like sharing comment because I may not agree with your idea, but I like you as a person, right? Um, That's a nurturing thing to do. But a lot of toxic people, and they can be family members, they'll just cut you down. So the moment you start taking off, they'll just absolutely take you down. And my biggest advice to those people is, is that if someone doesn't want you to be successful, you should not be friends of that person, right? Because they're not a friend, right? They're acting like an enemy, right? If if a stranger wants you to succeed and a friend wants you to fail, that person is not a friend, they're an enemy. So you should treat them as an enemy, point one. Point two, if they are a family member, and this has happened to me, it happens to a lot of people, I'm not saying you disown your family, but you might have to review your relationship with that given family member and make some changes to make it more sustainable for the both of you. I could not agree more. And I say get rid of the negative toxic people in your life. If there are people that aren't supportive of your vision, I remember even some of the closest people in my life in in my first year of business when I went from working in an industry that, you know, you could never not have a job as a radiographer. This was about five years ago, to me transitioning towards doing what I love because I I always found social media to be fun and just easy. You know, growing up with it, it's just something that was second nature to me. But when I did that pivot and it became what I was doing as a living, I had people that were like, what are you doing? You know, you're a professional, you're earning good income. Why are you leaving it all behind? And even some of the really close people that I trust were questioning. And sometimes people do it out of love, but it's also out of fear because they wouldn't do it themselves. And I think it's really important that we have that boundary and we see where it's coming from, whether it's from a place of love or not, and identify what voices we do want to listen to. And just on that note, um, and also I don't mean to say, I mean, I'm a, more of a conservative. I don't mean to sound like a lefty and bring up race and gender and that sort of thing. I don't usually do that, right? But it is relevant to this conversation because I'll give you an example. Lassie, who's an Asian female, has received a lot more hate than me, right? And I think it's a matter of that as well. Like if you're a man, like yours truly, in a way people, a lot of toxic people will say, well, Ed's a man, therefore he should succeed. But if you're a woman doing it, oh, they don't like that. And the other problem I've seen a lot lately is a lot of our female clients have not been attacked by men. They've been attacked by other women. So, and it's just crazy. Like if I speak to any, I know off camera we've spoken about this. If I speak of our female community members, most of their hate comes from other women. And isn't that crazy? Ironically, us sexist men are the ones supporting them, but it's it's other women trying to take them down. And again, that sort of woman on woman toxic behavior, again, it's more tall poppy syndrome. And I just say to anyone listening, is even if you've known this person for a hundred years, if they start attacking you for going for your dreams, they are not a friend and they never were a friend. It's just that their mask is slipping off and you should see the monster that that person is. Agreed. And I'm, I guess it still surprises me because one of the things that I've always 
found is that there's a lot happening on social media about women supporting women. And there's a lot on social media about, you know, International Women's Day, as an example. You know, I remember the first time I posted about International Women's Day on my profile in 2017, or maybe it was 2018, I had people comment on that post going well why is there no international men's day and oh, you know this is yeah. sexist and things like oh, that come on yeah crazy. right right but you know and businesses that are about women supporting women or messy you know brands that are you know empowering women are taking off it's like the new trend at the moment yeah. but it's sad to see that this still happens that there there are women that are still being competitive with one another when yeah. we should really be rising up and helping each other like that quote women you know real queens fix each other's crowns yeah it's an interesting one because um i say this with pride i was into women's empowerment before it was popular so i've been into women's empowerment forever when it was very and women just for the um, and you make a good point women's empowerment used to be very unpopular right? and a lot of people used to make fun of me but i've always you speak to anyone that's known me for years they'll say ed's always been a women's empowerment right so you can verify that and i was into it before it was a thing before it was really popular now it's kind of the in thing and i think unfortunately as you're indicating you have a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon not because they believe in women's empowerment but they just want to get clicks and get famous and um and i think there's a lot of frauds who are profiting from women's empowerment because i do say this you know having shot at men and women here, right? Not just women here. I definitely haven't shot at men here. You have a lot of men who jump on the women's empowerment bandwagon and they're some of the most women-hating people I know. And I know some of these people tragically personally. So I think there's a time for genuine influencers to rise to the surface. And the good thing about, about LinkedIn, what I love about LinkedIn is that you can't lie forever. You can lie for a while. You might lie for a year or two, but eventually you'll be seen as the fraud that you are. And one of the reasons why we've done so well is because I've been open and honest from day one on LinkedIn. People are either going to love me or hate me. That's why everyone loves me. The people that follow me love me is because, yeah, I'm just being myself and you may not like all my views, but I've never changed them. And I've always been very clear on that. And I say it to anyone watching, be who you are, be very clear and transparent on your views and let people leave you and let the right people come to you. Oh, I love it, Ed. You preach such a great message and that's that's exactly what you're all about. And I see that. And, you know, I think that's what makes you so unique because if you aren't weird or different, then you're going to blend in with everyone else. And there's obviously something about you that people love because every single post that you put out there on LinkedIn ends up being seen in front of thousands of people. And your message is so clear as well. Like it's very, very clear what you stand for, who inspires you, who you look up to, and, you know, what your day-to-day activities are. Brings me to some rapid-fire questions because I want to share with my audience a little bit more about you, but from a different angle. So, Ed, do I have your permission to ask you a few rapid-fire questions and for you to share your answers without thinking too much about it? I will. I'll try and dodge all the punches. And, <laughs> but uh, no, hit me. I'll try and dodge as much as I can. So there you go. Okay. All right. So uh, first question is, what or who is it that inspires you the most? And who do you look up to uh, when you're doing what you do? Well, actually, first shout out goes to wonderful Lassie. She inspires me the most. I see her every day. And um, a wonderful wife, Lassie. I'm not just saying that to be a crowd pleaser, but she inspires me. She keeps going and she's had a rough lot in life and she keeps going. So Lassie on a personal level, and in terms of the big leagues, I'm a huge Elon Musk fan. So I'm I'm on team Elon all the way. Wow, there you go. There's something I didn't know about you. Awesome. So 
My second question is, what can you not do a day without? What is one thing, whether it's physical or virtual, that you cannot live a single day without? I have to post on LinkedIn every day. If, if there was a day that I might, the only time I would not post on LinkedIn is if I was abducted by aliens or unconscious. So I cannot live a day without saying hello on LinkedIn. I will definitely keep that in mind. And you are very, very consistent. Probably one of the most consistent people I've ever met on LinkedIn. Okay. So rapid fire question number three, where do you see yourself or your business in five years time? That's a great question. I've been getting asked that a lot lately. And my view is we're doing the same thing, but reaching more people. So the actual, the direction is set. To me, it's this direction, but on a much larger level. I have no idea how big that will be, but as big as I can get it, reaching more and more wonderful people around the world. That's very exciting, Ed. And last question, if there was one message you had to share with the world and the listeners that are here today, what would that be? Live your purpose. Don't let, as we start this conversation, don't let the haters, and they can be your best friends, the haters, by the way, don't let the haters pull you down. Live your true life and purpose and let people leave you. If people don't like you or don't like their message, let them go, let them leave you because that vacuum creates the right people to come to you and keep doing what your true purpose is and go for it in your own unique way. Wow. I could not agree more. Ed, thank you so much. It has been such a wonderful pleasure having you on the show. For anyone that is listening, please make sure if you are on LinkedIn and you're wanting to grow, please make sure to reach out to Edward Zia or myself and I will provide you with an introduction. Edward's got a wonderful network and community that's going to serve you and help you to grow and to rise up and share your message online to more professionals and more people, especially if you are in the B2B space as well. Ed, it has been such a wonderful pleasure. I look forward to getting back to Sydney as soon as I can and attending another one of your live networks. I can't wait as well to join your online networks in the meantime. And it is always awesome to see your happy, friendly face. Is there anything else that you want to say before we jump off? Oh, I just want to say to everyone and all our fans around the world, Phoebe, um, I can't speak high enoughly of Phoebe. Make sure you follow Phoebe and connect with her, an amazing lady who will help you win big. 